Hello and welcome. You're listening to season one of Adam Was Mad, a podcast where we discuss all things childhood mental health. I'm your host, Michelle, and each week I speak with a guest who either experienced mental health struggles as a child themselves, is parenting a child who has a mental health diagnosis, or who's a professional in this field. A quick cautionary note, many of our episodes talk about trauma of various kinds. So listener discretion is advised. Every story is important and valued, and every story reminds us we're not alone out there. You have a village of people who understand exactly what you're going through and who can help. If you're looking to connect more closely with that village, join us on Facebook in the group Your Village by following the link at the top of today's show notes. When you join, enter your email to receive our free monthly resource. Hopefully you'll learn something new, hear something interesting, or truly just be reminded that you're not alone. Without any further ado, let's get to today's episode. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being with me today. I have with me Sharon Keogh, who is a specialist in mindset, resilience, mental health, and self-care. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Well, I mean, the journey started many, many years ago when I was a child, and I guess we'll kind of go into that in a little bit more depth, but I guess, you know, um, I found that as a child or right through to adulthood, I'd gone through many different experiences. Um, You know, some were traumatic, some were just part of everyday life. And I just got to the point where I realized that the way I would deal with things would be a lot more powerfully than what others were. Now, it wasn't Mm -hmm. always that way. Um, But I guess I've become really passionate about trying to help other people, you know, get through those challenging times and come out the other side a lot stronger and more resilient. So now I work with more professional and entrepreneurial women. I try try to help them thrive in their lives. Um, I focus, as you mentioned, around mental health, resilience, um, trauma, uh, women's wellness, um, because my goal um, is for people to thrive and in their health, wealth and happiness and taking that holistic approach to their well-being. So, yeah, that that's kind of what I do. And I guess it started very on in dealing with some of the challenges that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and I do. I want to talk about those challenges and I want to talk to you from two different perspectives. Mm. One from the perspective of being a child who struggled with mental health and how that impacted you growing up. And then now as an adult woman, because most of the people listening are parents, are mothers of children who are struggling. And I think you have a really unique perspective, having gone through it yourself, come out the other side, and now you specialize in self-care, resilience, mental health. And I feel like we could really benefit from your perspective as adults as well. But to start with the child's perspective, can you tell me a little bit about what you went through growing up? Yeah. And, you know, just a warning that it could be triggering for some people if they've gone through some of this stuff or they're concerned that their children is is dealing with this right now. Um, So unfortunately, I went through some... um, child sexual abuse um, 
when I was young. Um, that obviously led to a whole range of other things that kind of filtered on from there that you would expect, I guess, you know, as I grew older, I um, tried to numb pain using mm. alcohol. Um, I wasn't an alcoholic by any means, but, you know, you could have brought it on that at times, you know, we're binge drinking um, to the point where I couldn't remember you know, how I got home or certain events through the evening and that kind of thing. And I think that's probably one of the common things, um, you know, people aren't surprised is, you know, people can go through drugs and and alcohol abuse when they've gone through such trauma, especially at a young age. And it's something I'm learning more about as a professional as well. Um, when people have gone through childhood experiences of trauma under the age of 18 years of age, um, so I, I went through that and as I went, um, as I grew older through school, I felt like I was bullied as well, made fun of, um, being, um, a woman who developed a little bit earlier breasts and things like that, or the way that I ran and other things like that, um, and being ghosted by fr- people who I thought were my friends, um, mm. at school. And so that led to me at a young age being suicidal, having suicidal thoughts and having an, an attempt made um, in that area as well. Oh, gosh. And through to, to adult years, um, you know, going through being a young woman and but working my way up through my career and working very male-dominated industries and not being respected and not being listened to and heard and and, and um, the advice that I was there being paid to do wasn't valued um, through to, again, personally going through two miscarriages, um, two redundancies, both at the beginning of um, 2020 as a um, pandemic was kicking oh. off. So going from a two-income household um, to overnight having zero income um, coming through, uh, my redundancy was an unfair dismissal as well. So I was going through the stress of fighting with my previous employer around all of that. Um, So I've had lots of different things and some cases a very short period of time altogether. So I know the stress that is involved in that. I know the mental scarring that you are left with for the rest of your life um, that you constantly have to deal with as well and how that shapes you as a person, um, especially when it's, as I said, early in your childhood, the decisions that you then make and then how you process that and think how you're not normal and how you beat yourself up in the process And even now, more and more as an adult and more recently, I'm starting to realize, oh, my God, that was normal for me. That's how I process that trauma. And even though, you know, others might not see that as right for me with how that affected my mind, um, developing mind at that age, that was normal and that's okay. And now how am I going to deal with that moving forward? So. Yeah, I have the experience and the view to be able to look at it from what I went through as a child to also now the research and and how um, I've learned more and more over the years and how I understand that as an adult now too. Yeah, you've really been through the ringer. I mean, it just, it's like 
one thing after another, after another. And I know how that feels to feel like there's this weight that you just can't be free of because every time you feel like you catch your breath, something else happens. And I feel like as parents of children who are struggling, we have that, we go through that too, because it's like every time you feel like you get the medication correct, or you get the therapist that that fits really well, something happens. And there's always another hurdle. There's always another struggle. There's always another mountain to climb. And that can feel so defeating. And, you know, you mentioned being bullied and, and ending with these sort of suicidal ideations. You know, my own son struggles with suicidal ideation and it's such, such a heartbreaking uh, situation, both from his perspective and then from my perspective as a parent, you know, trying to help him through that, you know, looking back at your experiences as a child, is there anything that you feel like, and the answer may be no, but is there anything you feel like the adults in your life could have done better, or could have helped you with, or did great, you know, something that you felt like either you wish you had had at the time, or you were grateful to have had at the time as you were growing up? Yeah, so I think that's twofold. Um, As a child, yes, I, I definitely wanted people around me, parents or whoever, to have a better understanding and better be able to help in some shape or form. But then when I look back at it now with an adult lens, um, they'd never done this job before. They didn't have mm. a rule book on how to manage this. So if you're a pa- parent listening like yourself and, and you've got that child who's dealing with that not that situation right now, the first of all I would say to you is be kind to yourself. Um, you don't know um, if you, especially if you haven't been through that your own self, through your own life, um, there's no rule book for you as to how to navigate this situation and seek the support and help from other people to help guide your child, which is obviously what you're doing by listening to this um, this conversation today. Um, what I would say as that one of the things that has kind of helped me over the years and something that I'm really passionate about is around personal development and working on your mindset. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is you know, getting to the root cause of an issue. Mm. I think too often we learn these skills and techniques as adults. But man, if I knew this stuff when I was younger and I had those tools and techniques, one, I may not have had to suffer as much as I did. Um, And two, it would have been so much easier having a toolkit that I could lean into. So the thing that I would have been more grateful for had I had that at an earlier age and why I'm so passionate about children are the root cause. If you can teach them, then um, we can reduce the suicide rates um, and the mental health illnesses that children suffer from and unfortunately die from. So going and learning from programs yourself but there are also programs out there that your children can attend and that is powerful Um, I don't get paid for this but one of the ones that um, I did very early in my stages was the Landmark Forum um, through Landmark Worldwide and they have an adult program but there's also um, a children's and teens version where the children's and the teens going all to themselves and they talk about things and, um, you know, it's it's confronting to hear some of the things that those children are bringing up that they're having to deal with at their age. 
um, but they will only let your children attend if there's at least one adult who has attended before. And the reason for that is because they want them to have that similar language to communicate with one another, that framework um, to support the children. So if you're open and obviously if you're listening to this, you are, I would encourage you to, if that's not the right one for you, find other programs like that where your children can go and get some tools and techniques or go and invest in a coach and a mentor and a guide, myself or somebody else out there who can help support your children. Sometimes, and what I've learned over the years for myself personally, but also many other people, sometimes going to a psychologist and talking about it doesn't always work. And the reason for that is because you're re-traumatizing yourself. Every time you tell the story of what's been happening, the emotions are there and it activates everything within your nervous system and your body. So you're reliving it and the stress is going through your body again. So for some people going, okay, we're doing the therapy, we're talking about it, um, that can be very helpful and it can be very powerful, but it also needs to be looked at in conjunction with other tools and techniques. My approach to everything in terms of health and well-being is there's never one approach that works for everyone. You, Michelle, is different to me. Your experiences are different to me. So we could take the same medication or do the same therapy and the results that you may get is going to be different potentially to what I will achieve. So if one thing doesn't work for you, <laughs> as frustrating as it can be, you know, it's about finding, you know, going and finding another thing that might be suitable um, because your body chemistry is going to be different, etc. And the trauma and the experiences are going to be different. But what I found that makes things so much more powerful for people is doing multiple things at the same time because mm. it's not just the one thing that will make the difference. You can take the medication, but if you're not working on improving your mindset and using different tools and techniques to support you, the medication's only going to do so much. Such a so, good point. So it's about taking that holistic view and saying, okay, we're doing this over here, but what else can we be doing to support ourselves or support our family and our children through their, their difficult times as well? Yeah, really stuff that toolbox with everything we possibly can, investigate different multiple modalities of healing and stress relief. You know, I love what you said about how sometimes talk therapy can be re-triggering, re-traumatizing. You know, my son is um, has a mental health struggle that is characterized by an overactive amygdala, which means that his body is in constant fight or flight mode. And so reliving, re-talking about, re-dissecting something that was upsetting to him earlier in the day or earlier in the week not a good strategy for him. <laughs> Once the episode is over, you want to put that behind you as quickly as possible because you want to get his body back into a state of regulation and bringing it back up is actually the antithesis of healing for him. It's the opposite. And so I love that you touched on that specifically, but then just in general, the idea that not the same healing technique not the same therapeutic technique works for everybody. I think it's so true that there are so many modalities out there available to us. And so often we look for the quick fix or we look for 
what's going to work right now in the moment. And that's not to say we shouldn't do that because we're in crisis. So many times we're in crisis. And so, of course, you're not going to be, you know, researching all of the different techniques that are out there because you want, you need something that works today. But that doesn't mean when you get the relief today, you should stop looking because what works today may not work tomorrow. And you need that toolbox to be full to the brim with things that you can pull out and try next and try today, try tomorrow, try next week. So I love that you mentioned that. I think that's such great advice. You talk about mindset and mental self-care. Talking now from an adult's perspective, what tips would you give to the adults in the room to say, how do you take care of yourself? I know it's so important for us to put our own gas masks on before we help the people around us. But I think so many of us don't know how to do that. You know, we are in this state of crisis. We don't know how to take care of ourselves I think especially as mothers, we're so focused on taking care of our children and our children's well-being that we end up burned out. We end up overburdened. We end up exhausted with chronic fatigue and health problems, even physical manifestations of these problems, because we've poured every single ounce out of our cups and into our children. So how would you, as an expert, recommend that we take care of ourselves so that we are strong enough to then continue supporting the children in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and, you know, we talk about this in our, our book, um, Thrive. One of the most powerful things that, and also one of the most challenging things <laughs> can be creating space. It is so powerful. And one of the things that will will struggle with is, oh, I don't have the time. So many people will say, I don't have time for that. Or I say that. <laughs> it'd be so wonderful if I could do that, but I don't have the time. And, and I would re rephrase that. You don't not have the time to do it. Mm. You have to do it. Um, as you said, when you're taking care of so many other people, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's a limited bandwidth that you will have that you can continue to do that yeah. before you collapse and, you know, have your own health issues to deal with. And then you're no good to anybody. Right. So we need to kind of avoid getting to that point and start earlier. I'm all about prevention. If you haven't already worked out, <laughs> um, prevention is the best cure. So knowing, okay, maybe every week, like maybe every day I don't have the capacity to do a million things for myself, but maybe there is one thing that I can do or one thing a week that I can do. You know, it's all about starting small and finding things again, going back to what we just talked about earlier, what works for you. Again, what I love to do for my self-care and for my mental health is going to be different to you. So definitely take ideas from everybody and then try them and see how it works for you. So there's a whole bunch of things that I do for myself every single day that makes a difference. I am very fortunate. I live close to the ocean and I'm in Australia at the moment and it's still our summer and the sun is shining and every, even in wintertime and even when it's raining, I will swim in the ocean every single day. Now, mm, some wow. days I may be in there for half an hour or so and then other days it might be a quick five, ten minutes, dip in, dip out might be hectic the weather and the waves 
but that's one thing that I do. And one of the one of the little tricks and hacks that I would say to people is find something that makes a difference to you that almost ticks off multiple boxes. So what I mean by that is I go and swim in the ocean and swimming in the ocean is A, I'm moving my body. B, I am getting into nature. C, I am getting into the ocean water, which has beautiful minerals and salts in it that's going to help replenish my body on a physical level as well. D, it's going to also ground me because I'm in Mother Nature. Uh, and E, it, like, it may, is a mindful practice for me. So when I'm there, I am completely present. I am just with the waves and I have no time to really think about everything that's going on because I've got another wave coming at me. <laughs> so by just, doing, by just doing one thing, I am achieving so many things for my mental health, for my physical health and well-being, my emotional health. Um, and as part of creating that space, you know, and it may be hard if you're a single parent as well, and I completely appreciate where you're at. Um, so maybe, you know, taking that huge chunk, chunk of time out of your day might not be possible every day. Um, but that's where it's about enrolling your environment around you as to this is really important and I need to do this in order for me to be able to do everything else for you. Um, so we have a little fur baby. Unfortunately, we don't have any living children with us at the moment, um, but we have a fur baby and our fur baby, she is like having a child. She has separation anxiety and general <laughs> anxiety. She cannot be left alone. And she also puts everything in her mouth. So I can relate to parents. Very now much like a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> but because she can't be left alone. If my husband's working, I need somebody to look after her so I can go to the beach and have my swim. And you know what? Because I love it so much and it's so important to me, I will get my mom or my mother-in-law or whoever I need to get a friend, I will say, I need to go for a swim. Are you able to come and look after them for this amount of time? And if it's important enough and you love it enough, you will do it. So that's why I say creating space can be one of the biggest things, even just to go and have a walk or to go and sit and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea to yourself in peace and quiet with no one interrupting you. There are so many things that you can do to create space for yourself. Um, and what I'm going to give your listeners today is a 30-day self-care guide because I know when I started my self-care journey, everyone would talk about it, but I would be like, but where do I get started? What do I do? What's some examples? So I've popped that in a guide that everyone can download for free today, and that will just get you started. Some of the things you may have heard about, some of them you may not have, and I just really encourage you to try a different thing every day and see what works for you and see how you can implement it as part of a normal routine. And that's really what I suggest to lots of clients in terms of getting started. That's really brilliant because you're right. You don't always have 30 minutes to go jump in the ocean or maybe you live in Kansas, but there, but the general idea is having space, making space for whatever self-care makes sense for you 
on that day, in that moment, in your life circumstance. So maybe it's taking a bubble bath. Maybe it's going to the grocery store alone and listening to some podcast of, on your headphones. Maybe it's this podcast. Maybe it's walking in the park. Maybe it's any reading a book with a cup of tea. It could be anything that works for you in that moment, on that day. But in order to do that, we have to hold space for that self-care. There has to be space for us to insert whatever that self-care item is into our lives. So that's such brilliant advice. One thing you mentioned is Thrive. So you talk about your book. Tell us more about that and how can people find that book? How can people find you? Mm. Yeah, so Thrive Um I wrote with my husband. So it's Thrive, How to 10X Your Health, Wealth and Happiness. And I guess my husband's an exercise physiologist and a health coach. Um, so there's been a lot of synergy in terms of what we both do um, with clients day to day. And we decided to, to write a book sharing our knowledge and our experience, because as I said to you before, it's a holistic approach. If you want to thrive right. in your life, um, and you're maybe great with your health and your fitness, but you're not attending to your finances, mm. well, that's going to cause you mental stress. That's going to drag you down emotionally and eventually physically as to what that's going to then do to your body. And you're no longer going to be balanced and you're no longer going to be thriving in, in all areas of your life. So it's about how can we share basic foundational tips that is going to help get you started, get you to a point where every area of your life is getting some attention and having you be your, the best version of yourself. So um, that's what the book is all about. It's going to be coming out later this year. So we're super excited. It's been years in the making. Um, it got delayed. Um, and I guess, you know, just in sharing this journey, you know, we started writing this book years ago and then we went through two miscarriages. I had multiple surgeries for the last one um, and that still caused physical issues for me to this day. And we had to contact our publisher and say, there's COVID, there's two redundancies, there's two miscarriages. We just can't meet the deadline and we need some time to process everything that's just happened and look after ourselves and I think the thing um, is too often we just push through and we just go we're just going to get it done and we're just going to keep on doing it and we just go 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 as opposed to pulling back and and taking care of ourselves and that was really important and for someone like me who's a type a personality that's really hard to do um but that's when you get to discover how much strength there is within you. So I guess, you know, one of the things that I would say to people is, you know, just take a take stock of where you are now. Where are you pushing? Where could you pull back a little bit? Where could you be in communication when you're currently not to help support you? Um, so the book comes out later this year. People can purchase a pre-order of the book we have a special bonus of a free course that people can get if they pre-order the book as well I created a special link for all your listeners which will be in the show notes so they can go to sharonkeo.com forward slash Adam was mad and um yeah they can pre-order a copy of our book there and get access to that um another thing that I would mention as well is 
too often when we're trying to create space or do things for our own self-care, we always say, um, oh, like, I can't, I've got kids or I mm-hmm. can't look after them. Your kids observe so much of what you do and what you say. And if you aren't doing what you're saying, there, there's a lack of congruency there. And so what, and we talk about this in the book as well, it's all about actually being the demonstration to your children. So if you say, hey, meditation is really powerful for my mental health, are you doing it? Are your kids seeing you do it? Are they seeing you meditate? Absolutely. And you know what? Go sit and meditate and then invite them with you and teach them. Because the thing is, is children will you know, filling up the toolkit that we've talked so much about today, giving them all the tools. They might not use it right now, but trust me, in years to come, something someone might say may trigger them and go, oh, I did learn about meditation when I was younger. Maybe I should get back into it. So it might be the right time that they need to do it. But if you fill up that toolkit, you show them it's important by you doing it and inviting them in, you know, even if it's yoga, hey, Look, they might distract. It might not be the best yoga practice that you loved before you had children. I get it. But at least you're doing something compared to what you weren't, were doing before, which was nothing. And then you've set the example for your children. So do it with them. And if you start young enough, that will carry through and they will respect it. And they will also know it's important and give you the space to do that too. Oh gosh, I love that so much because I so often we say in our lives, do as I say and not as I do, right? We tell people meditation is important. Yoga is great. Take space for yourself. Put your own gas mask on first. Do self-care. But how often are we actually embodying that message? How often are we actually showing that to our children through our own example? That is such fantastic advice and really true real world advice, because I think if our children don't see us doing it, they're not going to learn it no matter how many times we say it. And so we do have to demonstrate it. Absolutely. Look, I'm all about simple strategies that work because otherwise you're not going to do them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So true. Any final words of wisdom? Oh, final words of wisdom. Look, I think, and I said it at the beginning, is be kind to yourself. Mm. I know as, you know, if you're a parent there dealing with children who are going through some stuff, that has an effect on you as well. Just because your child is experiencing it doesn't mean it's not impacting you. As you said at the beginning of your call um, and when we were chatting privately, um, the stuff that your child's going through, I know is impacting you because you're trying to figure out what the best thing that you can do as a parent to support them and then questioning and doubting yourself. Is that right? Is that enough? Oh my God. And that fills up your head and, and your mental health. So first and foremost, always be kind to yourself. Um, Reach out, make sure you're getting the support that you need to get through this for yourself as well as your child. So often you're thinking about what you need to do for your child that you forget about what you need for yourself as well. Um, 
communicate with the people around you. I know um, that people carry sometimes shame um, and embarrassment when it comes to this stuff that their child or they are having to deal with this stuff. Um, but, you know, with, with my experience, even with miscarriages, when I spoke to someone and I was sharing that I had done, had dealt with that or was in the process of dealing with it, so many women said to me, yeah, me too, I've been through that. And I was shocked as to how many people had dealt with that, but no one talked about it. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing my story and my experiences because too often we deal with it in private and we think we're the only ones dealing with it. And I promise you, if even if the people around you aren't dealing with it or haven't had the experience, you may be the person that they come to when they are because you've created and opened that door for them and created that safe space um, to, to help support them. So sometimes that's part of the journey. So be open, share where you're at because people can't support you unless you tell them what's going on. Mm, such lovely inspirational words. Thank you so much, Sharon. This is such a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you being with us here today. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you for giving me this platform to share my experiences. And I hope that it helps at least one person out there who's listening to this today. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow or subscribe and check out today's show notes for free downloadable resources and a link to join your village, our Facebook community. Catch you next time.